You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. I know you missed me last week, but I was on the road. We do this whole uh, Asai TV thing, you know, where we're on the road filming in different cities around the country. Pretty soon, around the world, let's hope, if all goes correctly. Um, This time... I was in Vegas, I know, uh, on the last episode that we did of the Brandon Bishop podcast. And by the way, I'm Brandon Bishop. How you doing? Yeah, I knew. I knew you missed me. I knew you missed me. And I missed you. I did. I missed you all. But last time we interviewed Shannon and we talked about our road trip down to uh, Austin, New Orleans, and uh, Gatlinburg, up to Detroit, and all that stuff and back. This time I was in Las Vegas filming a different show called, well, simply That Vegas Show with Ricky. And uh, Ricky and I have been friends for uh, a while now. I met her when we were filming at the uh, Heart Attack Grill in Las Vegas, where she still works. Uh, She's one of the nurses that'll spank your ass if you don't finish your meal. That's a real thing. And um, just uh, just a beautiful person. I I think we clicked. Great banter back and forth. for what we filmed on that episode of Go There, Eat That, which is my food travel show. If you haven't checked that out, go to asytv.com, asytv.com, and uh, it's $2.99. Don't be a cheapskate. It's $2.99. It's less than half a cup of coffee these days. So get your ass over there, asytv.com. Subscribe. It's only $2.99, like I said. Cheap, cheap, cheap. You get hundreds of hours of all original commercial free entertainment television yes it's all there you've got hulu you're not netflix you got amazon prime hbo go all of that stuff now get a side tv there's nothing else like it i promise you that independent television and my show go the read that is there and that's how i met ricky and now ricky has a show all these years later called that vegas show where we just go around vegas having fun uh and it was a lot of fun i love this girl to death she's not only absolutely stunningly beautiful she is, uh, her personality just comes through the screen and you want to hang out with her. And I got to hang out with her. So uh, I got to meet her family, got to meet, it was, it was a good time. We, uh, filmed all kinds of stuff. Uh, I got to go back to the pioneer saloon, which is one of my favorite places on earth. It's in good Springs, Nevada, about 30 minutes outside of Vegas. And, uh, it's like 115 year old, but it's the fourth time we filmed there. The first time was the, uh, my paranormal show that I do called Alone in the Dark, where it's just me hanging out in scary places by myself and with a camera. Uh, I also did Go There, Eat That there because they got some amazing food. We did Lost in America with Garrett Coon, which is about American national treasures that are kind of, you know, not thrown in your face all the time. And then uh, now this one, which is uh, that Vegas show. We also filmed at a place that I, I filmed at a place called Cat's Meow in New Orleans. And then uh, they opened up one on Fremont Street in Las Vegas, so we filmed there as well. Uh, we filmed at the... <laughs> my brain is... I, did I mention I was just coming back from Vegas? So my brain's in a, in a fog right now, but we filmed at the... Um, oh, my God. Oh, the Millennium Fandom Bar. We also filmed there for uh, Sparkle Nation, and it was uh, just another look at the place uh, with a different host. It was 
you know, kind of the same thing because it's the same place and the same interview, but a lot of fun going back there. And those three places made me drink. They all made their specialty drinks and they shove them. And Ricky didn't drink much. Maybe she took a small sip, but you know, that all fell on me to uh, follow. I don't, and I don't drink very much. So I'm not much of a drinker. So I'm a lightweight. And if I drink, uh, you know, all these drinks, especially at the Pioneer Saloon, goodness. But I didn't get drunk. I, I felt good. Ricky was driving because, you know, she lives there and her car's there. And, um, but it was a good time. It was a really good time. We also filmed at, a to- at the Toy Shack, which is on Fremont Street. We filmed at a Magic's uh, store. Guy did some tricks and stuff like that. Just a great time hanging out with Ricky, and I can't wait to get back. I know she's going to Ireland or something like that for three months. Um, terrible timing because I'd love to go back next month and film another episode or two. Anyways, I'm back. My cat is happy that I'm back again. Thank you to my friend Jackie for watching the cat. She's awesome. And um, I don't know what they do when I'm not here. I'm not going to ask any questions. It's a party, I know. Uh, maybe there's a bunch of cats over. Maybe Jackie's got a bunch of her friends over. There's like this, this human cat mingler mixer type thing. They got drinks and some cat treats and stuff like that. I, I'm not even going to ask. I, I usually have cameras rolling in the apartment, but I took them down. I wouldn't watch him anyway. I'm just, it's none of my business. It's my place. Yeah, but it's none of, none of my business. It's whatever they want to do. But um, I, I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be home. I got a, a couple weeks here before I hit the road for another show that we're going to do called One Victory at a Time, which is about this amazing family. And all this is on Asai TV. Yes, all of it. We just got done with the Happy, Healthy, Hungry show with Shannon. We did the uh, Vegas sh- that Vegas show, new episode of the UFO show with Amy Duma, who is WWE Hall of Famer Lita. Uh, of course, my show, Go There, Eat That, Lost in America, Sparkle Nation, all of these things that I've been mentioning are all on a side TV, and it's only $2.99. And yes, it's a commercial for that because this is my podcast. That's my television network. And of course, I have to link the two. You're probably listening to this on the AsaiPodcast.net or .com, whatever it is. So it's all linked under one umbrella. And I own that umbrella, so I must <laughs> I have to make money with it, people. That little two ninety nine isn't a lot for you, but if I got a million people giving me two ninety nine a month, that adds up. So, anyways, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to have a few days of uh, resting, relaxation, uh, getting caught up on TV shows, snuggling my cat, uh, cooking in my own kitchen, taking a dump in my own toilet. Um, and getting caught up in all this editing I have to do now because, you know, the fun part is going out there and filming this stuff. <laughs> then you come back and you got to stare at my Mac screen here, which I'm actually doing right now, um, you know, for hours and hours and hours and reliving all that stuff. So anyways, it's good to be back. And here's the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. Let's get funky indeed. It's time for the headlines. Yes, and there's a lot of kinds of headlines. The Democratic debates are going on. They're actually going on in my hometown of Detroit. Uh, Sanders, from what I saw, is kicking the crap out of everybody. Now, maybe I saw that on a Bernie Sanders website or or yes, Instagram page or something, so they made it look that way, but I'm not going to watch this stuff, man. I already, I already like Andrew Yang. Of course, I like Bernie. I like Elizabeth Warren. I like Kamala Harris. It doesn't matter... It, we already already know, okay? I do independent research. I don't have to watch these debates. I, I just, ugh, I already, those are my four. It's going to be one of those four. We all know that. Maybe Joe Biden. I hope not because Joe Biden's going to be the next John Kerry. He will lose against Trump. And I just don't want to see two, you know, 
old guys in their 70s going at it. I, I know Barry, Bernie's even older, but it's just you, you got to go with the youth of America here, people. We have to have a nice young young guy in there. Like a, I liked Obama. He didn't do much while he was in the office. I mean, he did average at best, but that's really all you can expect from him. I, you know, he's part of the criminal machine like anybody else is. But it's, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't care that much. I don't care that much. They shit all over Henry Wallace back in the day. There's shit all over Bernie Sanders nowadays. You know, who are we supposed to really fall in love with and get behind? They shit all over Jimmy Carter. You know, it just doesn't matter who's in the White House. The only way is that it matters is if you're being embarrassed by the person in the White House, and that's what we're doing right now. So it does matter at the moment because we're being fucking embarrassed by this guy. <sighs> Anyways, uh, news in England. They've got their own Donald Trump now. Oh, unbelievable. Like, literally, a British Donald Trump clone is now the prime minister in the United Kingdom. Did they not see what happened over here? Did they not watch any of this stuff? They go, oh, all right, I guess we'll have our own Donald Trump. That was a terrible, terrible English accent. But uh, that's what they did. Um, uh, I forget, Boris Johnson, I think his name is, and he's got the bad hair. He's fat. He's ridiculous. He's not qualified for the job. He's full of shit. They've got their own Donald Trump. Look at him. Look up Boris Johnson. Look up the, the new British prime minister. The guy who's going to hand take him by the hand and spoon feed him all through Brexit. It's absolutely stunningly ridiculous. They didn't learn anything from our stupidity over here, apparently. they. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't know for certain. Like when I was a kid and, you know, uh, Reagan and all that stuff was president. And it, you had a certain comfort level of, yeah, our vote matters. And, yes, we elect presidents. But I don't believe that. I truly don't believe that. I don't believe that... Um, <laughs> This is depressing. And actually, the, the topic of our, our meat segment is depression today. So there's going to be no Shannon. Um, I, just whatever. She can you know, do her own podcast, which I think she'll be doing soon. But uh, I'm going to exclude her from this episode because it's depression. This is going to get kind of deep later. But uh, for now, I mean, let's, uh, let's just talk about this presidential thing. I, <laughs> I, I don't believe that it's a democratic uh, election. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I believe that the next three presidents are probably already chosen, or at least the next one after Trump, or are already predetermined. It's, it's pro wrestling. I've been in pro wrestling long enough to know what, it, what a work is and what a work and what isn't a work. I believe that the whole election bullshit is reality TV. It's a work. Maybe there are certain elements in there that, uh, don't know that it's a work, but I don't believe in it. I, mean, I just don't believe in it. So I, I, I guess we can get farther into that in another episode. I don't want to go too deep. We got a bunch of headlines here. Uh, Osama bin Laden's son, Hamza, is dead. Okay. People die. Um, I mean, this saying Osama bin Laden is so like a decade and a half ago. 
it's like it's over. You know, I doubt he had anything to do with nine eleven. He was the the boogeyman that they needed at the time, and he's you know they needed a Hitler. They made a Hitler. I'm sure he wasn't like the nicest guy in the world, but at one point the United States supported him with weapons and cash, and then all of a sudden you know this it's this it's another thing I don't believe, and maybe I got to do a conspiracy theories episode. I'm going to do that next week. Let's do conspiracy theories next week. Let's just throw them out there. Let's do like the top five conspiracy theories of all time. I'm sure we'll get to the JFK, the 9-11s and all that stuff. So let's do that next week. I, I don't, I'm not in the mood right now. Not in the mood at all. Just got off the road. I want to relax. My blood pressure medication, I forgot to bring it with me. So yeah, let it, let it sink in and absorb a little bit before I go uh, ballistic on anybody. Um, U.S. sanctions, Iran's foreign minister... U.S. sanctions Iran's foreign minister amid escalating tensions. War, fear, war, 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 fear, 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 be afraid. That's all that shit is. Um, extremist material was found in a home used by Gil by the Gilroy Festival shooter. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to get invested. Um, man, the headlines are kind of boring. Navy jet crashes. I guess that's not boring if you're you know in that family or something. Chinese billionaire indicted in U.S. for evading nearly $2 billion in tariffs. Okay. Reagan called Africans monkeys in a call with Richard Nixon. <laughs> okay. Of course he did. All of those guys were racist douchebags. They were drunken racist douchebags. Starting with the founding fathers, okay, <laughs> all the way up to Reagan and Bush and probably Clinton and just maybe not Clinton. I don't know. He seemed pretty cool. I mean, Obama seemed pretty cool, but that's what Democrats do. They give a cool guy to us once in a while, you know. I doubt like Jimmy Carter was freaking racist at all, but you know, I mean, come on, George Bush Jr., are you kidding me? Absolutely. It was just even Kanye said it. If Kanye said it, it has to be true, right? forget I said that. Oh boy, Reagan. Well, he got shot, so he's got a little bit of street cred. Assault charge dropped against 10-year-old boy who injured classmate in dodgeball game. Somebody charged... Well, uh, I don't know. That, that, that gives me a headache. I actually... There's some lady, 79-year-old lady right now, serving a 10-day jail sentence because she refused to quit feeding birds on her own lawn. Come on, America. You got to do better. You got to do better than this. It's You're going to throw a 79-year-old lady in jail for feeding fucking birds. Birds. I used to wait. I, I used to go out and buy. We used to have a lot of ducks when I lived in Gibraltar, Michigan, which is down there in Down River. And... um I would get like a whole loaf of bread and just stand out in the front lawn. We'd have a hundred ducks on our front lawn quacking and shitting and just flying all over each other and fighting over these little pieces of bread. And and they would just, they'd come every single day waiting for that bread. And I was there, man. I went through a lot of bread. Like if, if these ducks are trying to cut their carbs, I was the wrong guy to like, to solicit for, for anything. Cause I fattened these birds up. You swear I was getting ready to eat them or something, but I, I love feed. Why can't you feed a bird? And this was on her own property. Uh, oh, geez. Anyway, 
you know, I, there's just no good headlines right now. Maybe I just didn't do Indian coffee shop chain owner's body found in river. Okay, that's terrible. Um, oh, here we go. Here's a good story. Here's a good story. We're going to get depressing later, so here's a good story. Man who got laid off finds... Um, <clears throat> let me start that over. <laughs> Man who got laid off gets hundreds of job offers after handing out his resume on the side of the road. Well, he's not the first person to do that. Patrick Hoagland of Phoenix was down on his luck after getting laid off from his job as a forklift operator at a metal recycling company. He filled out applications online and handed out resumes to local business, but he wasn't getting any responses. He decided he needed to do something different and decided to stand on a street corner with a sign. That's been done like a lot of times. One guy took out a billboard and said, hire me or something like that. But, you know, it takes a lot of humility. And people, you know, they shit all over the homeless. And uh, some deserve to be shit on. Some are just straight up asshole drug addicts. Like here in Colorado Springs, like walking around downtown, you see the... You see people just talking to themselves, screaming violently, cussing, you know, obviously homeless and drugged out. Those people, you know, what? they need to be committed or melted down or something because there's no helping them. There's no helping them. There's not. They're mentally defunct. They're void of any productive aspect to society. They are done. That is what they're meant to be. That is their destiny. And I know you, I'm not all of them, of course, but some of them you can't help. I I do this with Sign and Hand Show. We haven't done an episode in a while, but we came across a lot of those people, and you can't help them. You can't even talk to them. The only thing you can do, literally, to help them would be to snatch them off the street and put them into a mental facility. That's the only thing you can do at this point. And then there's the homeless people that want to be homeless. And more power to them. They don't want to be a part of the system. They want to be off the grid. We've talked to train hoppers before that just travel around the country by, by tr- you know, train. They still do that. And uh, I'll never forget Bull and his dog Highway and his brother. They were just traveling around the country. We just happened to catch them while they were here in the Colorado Springs. And Colorado Springs is pretty lenient on the homeless. Some cities you go to, you don't see any homeless. Colorado Springs, you see a lot of homeless. So it's... Um, yeah, they, they want to be. They, they, you know, I, I put the host of that show, Garrett Kuhn, who also does, like I said, Lost in America, uh, the host at that time of with Sign in Hand was Garrett, and I just came up with the idea, let's put Garrett on the streets and see what happens. And we did, and it was very, very enlightening. Because not only did he make about 50 bucks in three hours, he had a bunch of, like, waters and care packages and snacks and candy, and uh, I don't even know how much change he got, but, you know, he was out there for maybe three hours, maybe four hours. Now, it's not a glamorous life, and it was the most humiliating thing, according to Garrett, the most humiliating thing he's ever done. But um, it's not hard to make a life out there doing that. Like, literally, if you stayed out there, let's say, six hours a day, and you stayed out there with a sign in hand, you know, flying, flying signs, as they call it, you could easily make... You know, 60, 70 to up to $100 just standing there tax free, not to mention all the little other donations. And of course, it's not guaranteed money by any means, but it's very, very possible and often happens. So, I mean, I don't really feel terrible for the homeless people. But anyway, that's a whole nother subject. Um, this guy, I guess, got a bunch of job offers and 
Um, it's smart. I mean, if you got kids and you you just got laid off from your forklifting job, which is not hard to find a forklifting job, you can go to Lowe's or whatever and uh, get a receiving job. It's probably not great pay, but uh, it's better than nothing. But I mean, this kind of celebritizes you a little bit, especially in his case, where it's a great idea. You know, how about instead of, you know, and here's a tip for the homeless. I don't know how you're listening to this, but um, do something like that. Put a resume together. Tell tell your life story on a piece of paper instead of just, because, you know, when people drive by or they stop, they've only got your sign, please help, whatever, you know, disabled veteran, blah, blah, blah. That's all they got, and maybe a smile from you. But if you're sitting on that corner and smiling, and you hand them your story, and maybe a resume as well, that's going to go a lot, 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 lot farther. And Because uh, you want to celebritize yourself. You know what? It's a business, believe it or not. If you're sitting out there and you're making money, standing on a street corner with a sign, it, it's a business at that point. It's not a legal business. It's not a preferred business. It's not an encouraged business. But still a business nonetheless. Make it a business. And these people, obviously, if they're on the streets, they've either got the life yanked out from underneath them like a, like a throw rug or, you know, they're drugged out or had some big problems. I have been homeless before. Okay, I've been there. I had a car, thankfully. But, you know, the, my buddy Jim was moved out of the house and forgot to tell the landlord that I was staying. <laughs> Next thing you know, a painting crew shows up. Why are you still here? I'm like, what are you doing here? Luckily, they gave me 10 days to get all my stuff out and move out. But I was homeless. I lived in my car for, and, and it, it's, I'm making it sound a lot worse than it was. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of girls at that time. I was singing in a band, you know, and I knew everybody in Detroit. But it was still winter in Detroit. And three, out of, three days out of the week, I was sleeping in my little hatchback Toyota Tercel. Um, it wasn't a fun time at all. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk about that down the road at some point. But uh, I think we're going a little long on the headlines here. I think we need to uh, do a quick product placement. You know what? I'm going to do a, a product placement. I'm going to do the Hall of Respect. I'm going to do the Dungeon of Douche. And then I'm going to put my meat on you. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the meat is the meat of the episode. It's the main topic. So let's do a product placement. Let's do the Respect. Let's do the Douche. And then I'll put my meat on you. Are you ready for my meat? We gotta wait a little bit longer. Product placement. Brandon likes this stuff. Okay, real quick. Um, you've all seen these like boxes of food that get delivered to your door. Some are pre-made. Some you have to make. Well, I decided to try one of those. It was the, uh, I saw the ad on Instagram or something like that for like $3 and 33 cents a meal. And uh, so I tried it. It's called every plate. And I was very skeptical because I've heard of other people getting these uh, subscription based uh, food delivery things. And I like to cook. So I wanted one that I could make and learn recipes and stuff like that. And so far I haven't been let down at all. I mean, it's about $30 a week. Um, I know there's some like $20, initial offer type things, but it always ends up around 33 to 35 bucks a week, which isn't bad. If you really think about, and, and, and that's for six meals, by the way, if you're single like me or three meals, if you have, you know, someone who loves you, unlike me, I, um, <laughs> but I, I, for me, it's perfect. I, I make six meals. It's three different recipes. 
Um, this week I had some like linguine with chicken sausage in it. Fantastic. I had like a French onion chicken breast or something like that. And it all comes with sides and everything you need. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say, and, and, and again, this is product placement. They're not, but they're not paying me to say this stuff. Not at all. I'm not getting a dime. I'm not getting a free product or nothing. I'm just, these are things that I like that I think you might like. So if you want to try one of these subscription based, uh, food delivery type things, uh, give every plate a shot. You can go to everyplate.com. You can skip weeks. You can uh, choose your meals from the week. It's a lot of fun, actually. And if you really think about it, for six meals in a week, if you bought everything to make it, which I love to cook every single day, you're looking at probably over 100 bucks. So they um, give you exactly what you need. They give you the recipe. It comes in a box. Everything's still cold inside. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So everyplate.com. And I think, uh, what else did I get? Oh, balsamic pork chops this month. The only th- problem, I, I wish their food was a little healthier, and I wish it was a little more unhealthy at the same time. I want desserts. Guys, every plate, put some desserts in there too. Some kind of like stuff you can make. Just at least give us that option. I don't know what your front end looks like. I don't know what your facility looks like. I don't know what any of that stuff looks like, uh, your business model. But we want healthier options, and we want desserts. Okay, I mean, my mom actually tried it because I uh, sent it to her to um, try and she enjoyed it uh, very much. But she canceled because, you know, she she has to eat healthy. And uh, a lot of the stuff isn't all that healthy. It's you know pretty salty, pretty fatty, pretty carby. And um, but at the flip side, too, I also want desserts. Nothing I'm saying makes sense right now, but I think you catch the gist. So that's my product placement for the day. Again, they're not paying me a dime. They're not giving me free stuff. They should be. They absolutely should be. And, uh, you know, I'm a little subdued today, not only because I just got off the road, but I have not also, I have not drank Bulletproof coffee today. And I noticed my heart rate isn't going crazy, and I'm not, like, just, like, a flurry of words. (laughs) So if this is a boring episode, I do apologize. But like I said, I want to relax from being off the road. Bulletproof coffee does not let you relax. It makes you extremely focused and that is bulletproof coffee in a sound effect right there. But yeah, everyplate.com, order it, big box comes to your door, open it up, separate all the meals, cook them one at a time. I think you'll love it. Oh God, welcome to the dungeon of douches. These people are assholes. Today's Dungeon of Douche is brought to you by Domestic Violence. Yes. Um, so I had this friend. I used to date her like years and years and years ago, but we're still friends. I'm friends with most of the people I've dated or been attached to uh, in some way or another. Um, it, You know, this girl... <laughs> she, lately... Not me. I was awesome. but And we didn't really date. It wasn't like a change your status type of thing. It was more like a, a fling once in a while. But this girl, I swear, I love her to death. I'm not going to say her name. But she um, just picks the worst guys, man. Just the worst. Like, if you looked at him, you're like, yep, meth head, loser. You know, just, you can just look at him and tell they're scum. Just terrible scum. And she'll post these fucking Facebook pictures with them. And I'm like, God Damn it, like, what, another one? Like, oh, it's not even like, oh, I, I'm better, I'd like to have you. It's not even that at all. I don't want nobody. But at the same time, I look at these guys, and I'm just like, Ugh, what is that? Just scummy, dirty-looking 
bomb. This. Ah. Anyway, so she got another one of these guys, and uh, a few weeks ago, he, uh, and I'm going to say his name, his name is Alex, I don't know his last name, but he's a piece of shit, Um, got drunk, stole her car, crashed it, ended up messing up his whole body, breaking everything, and, you know, I'm I'm reading this like 10 minutes ago before I started doing the podcast, Um, she posted something about what happened to her, and it really pissed me off, I had somebody else for the Dungeon of Douche, but I'll save them for next week. So this Alex guy... um, (laughs) <laughs> so he gets out of the hospital she's there for him taking care of him because she's dumb in love and I love you girl but you're dumb in love and you do that so easily and I know how it is because you get hurt and you get closed off and you're lonely and then someone comes around and it's like oh and you're just like this is great I love this person more than anything and then they turn out to be a piece of shit it's just how it is I get it you know I've been there but you got to stop going there yourself. You know, concentrate on you and the kids because that, that's what's important. So this guy, anyway, he heals up a little bit and uh, makes all these promises. I'll change. I'll be different. And <laughs> So, you know, she takes him back in, gets suckered again. And just a couple days ago, he basically tried to kill her by choking her out and uh, smacking her around and stuff. You know what? Alex... I'm upset with you for one reason. No, no, there's a bunch of reasons I'm upset with you and would love to beat the shit out of you personally. And maybe someday it'll happen. You live here in town, and when you get it, you're going to get out of jail eventually. So um, maybe we'll cross paths, buddy. Um, and if you ever do anything to her again, absolutely. I can't get my hands on you now because you're in a jail cell where you belong. Sucks that they got to you before I did. Anyways, um, not trying to be a tough guy or anything. I'm just saying... That kind of shit is just, it's unforgivable. There's no forgiving you for that. You're a piece of shit for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter what good you do. It doesn't matter how much you do change, which you never will. It doesn't matter what comes next. You'll always be a piece of shit. A worthless piece of shit that should be nudged into an active volcano, melted down into a little, like, piece of coal shoved up somebody's ass shat back out flushed down the toilet and even that's too good for you and then chained upside down by the ankles in their dirty filthy grimy disgusting rat infested dungeon of douche and even that's too good for you so anyways um she's okay now she spent like two days in a hospital and like again i'm not going to say her name because it's not, you know, people, even though she's posting shit on Facebook, which probably shouldn't do either. Um, I don't know. In this case, maybe it is something. Call that piece of shit out. Call him out. I don't think she tagged him in it, but she should have. Call him out. Let his family know. Let his people that consider him a friend know what a piece of shit he is. Anyways, guys or girls, I've been domestically abused before. You kidding me? I've been slapped, and I've had one stupid idiot like grind her key into my chest. Another one pinch me so hard in the chest that I was bleeding, all because they wouldn't calm down. Like, shh, chill out. Talk to me. What are we doing here? And that's why I'm single, and I've been single for years, and I can't imagine not being single. I mean, there's people I'm, you know, there's a girl I'm madly in love with, but. <sighs> You know, I, I would hope that it would never come to anything like that. I'd hope it'd be all sunshine, rainbows, and fucking unicorns. But, you know, that's hope. 
Who knows where, you know, if something happened there, where it could go. I could end up on like investigation discovery, some dead guy in a bathtub with a broom handle hanging out of his ass. That would suck. I don't want that to happen to me. <laughs> I don't want to come home with my cat's boiling on the oven. Like what? what uh, that's a terrible thought, by the way. Anyways, Alex, you piece of shit. You, you, guys, you're stronger. Most, you're, most guys are stronger than women. That's not a stereotype thing. It's not me shitting on women. I know women that can kick guys' asses easily. But genetics says, that you know, whatever. And, you know, let me reframe that whole thing. Let me just go back. You know, anybody, guys and girls, it doesn't matter who's bigger or badder. You know, the smallest girl can knock out the biggest guy on the right punch. You guys got to stop hitting each other. If you're that miserable with each other and your passion is that overflowing that you just have to make that person's life a living hell, just fucking go for a walk. Just leave. Just leave and never come back. Block them on everything. Just, ugh. That's the worst part of social media is like, you have all these like old pictures and you have all these like connections, you know, Instagram, Facebook, I'm following this person and blah, 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 blah. It sucks, man. Just leave. Just go for a walk. That's what I do. If I'm in a relationship, I was in a relationship two years ago. I think I've mentioned this on another episode. And when she pissed me off, which was often towards the end, I'd just go for a walk. Like for miles, it's healthy. It's wonderful. Get out in nature. Don't punch anybody in the face. Don't choke somebody until they can't breathe. Pussy. Anyways, Alex, welcome to the Dungeon of Douche. Welcome to the Hall of Respect. These people are awesome. I love them. Okay, here's some hippy-dippy stuff for you, and it's good news. It's positive news. Ethiopia sets new world record for trees planted in a single day. Now, how many trees do you think that would be, you think? Huh? How many trees? Like maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, maybe a hundred in a day. Well, um, apparently, if I'm not reading this wrong, I am reading this wrong. Okay. <laughs> well, the subtitle is more than 350 million trees were planted, planted as a part of the government led uh, project to counter deforestation. I can't speak today. And I do this because I, I can talk well, but I can't speak today. My mouth isn't working. I need bulletproof coffee. Deforestization. Is that? Anyway, I think it's really cool. Ethiopia has always been kind of connected with poverty and starving children. And you remember the commercials back in the day and all the Ethiopian jokes and all that stuff. It was uh, terrible stuff, but funny at the time. Um, of course, like I said, as a society, we've grown up, so it's not all that funny anymore. Um, but that's cool. You know, I, I didn't know they had forests in Ethiopia, to be honest with you, but I guess their forests have uh, 350 million. I think they did like, uh, oh, they planted 200 million trees in a single day. Wow. That's, uh, oh, but they reached, how did they, how did how do you plant 353 million trees in a day? Was it like dropping a seed and then watering it real quick? Did they have 300 million people helping? Planting a tree is no joke. I've done it. Now, maybe they're just like those little tiny. I mean, okay, let's, let's break down these numbers real quick. You, you can't 
Trees were planted at more than a thousand sites around the country. Rural property uh, poverty charity Cinda Cow. Okay, this is going off on sidebars like I do. Billions of trees will need to be planted globally to capture the amount of carbon needed to slow climate change. Okay, I just don't understand how the how you how do you get three hundred and fifty three million trees planted in a day? That doesn't even make sense. I mean, it's great if they did that, but. I want to see. There's a video here. Hang on. Is there a video of them planting these damn trees? That's not a video. Is that a video? It is not a video. It's just a picture of somebody planting a little hole and putting a little tree in there. That's that's insane. So, anyways, haul of respect to the nation of Ethiopia. That's a weird sentence to say. <laughs> For uh, combating climate change, uh, climate change and combating uh, deforestation, I said it right, fantastic, and uh, just for being all around awesome people to nature, that's cool, let's do that here. Give me the meat! Give me the meat! How can you have any pudding if you don't give me the meat? Okay, let's talk about depression. And I don't want to talk about depression because I'm not really depressed. Or am I? I don't, I'm not clinically depressed. I'm not been diagnosed as depressed. I don't feel like I'm depressed more than anyone else should. And I'm just going to say right from the very top, I don't understand clinical depression. I don't, and nobody does unless they are actually clinically depressed, I guess. I don't get it. I don't understand how you keep telling people that I can't just snap out of it. I I can't um, fix it. I I can't, you know, nothing works but medication and counseling, and even that doesn't work half the time. And then, of course, medications lead to other things, which, you know, could be worse. It's All I know is I've been depressed, and then I've not been depressed. We're living in a, in a society that's, you know, and we have it good in the United States for the most part, but we live in a society that breeds depression, mainly through financial uh, methods. You know, you got to pay these bills. I got to struggle. I got to get to work. I got to, you know, and if anything goes wrong and that disrupts any of that, then you're depressed. And I get that. Let me give you my story real quick. My, I, <laughs> was in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. And I'm stuttering on my words here because it's not easy to talk about. I mean, I've never really told a whole lot of people any of this stuff. Why I'm telling you, I have no fucking idea, but uh, just sit back, shut up, and listen. Um, (laughs) Now I'm depressing you. I'm sorry. It was just how I talk sometimes, you know. Uh, So, you know, I'm in Wichita Falls, Texas. I just went through a breakup with uh, my ex-wife of all things and the funny thing about my ex-wife and I'm not going to say her name because uh yeah that's depressing in its own right um not because I miss her by any means um so we broke up we but we stayed married because uh I don't know why I was lazy I think and then we um happened into each other one day and uh just you know kind of rekindled our little just the romantic part of it not the relationship part of it basically we're banging and uh then i didn't see her again for a long time a couple months 
Then I bumped into her again at a club, just out of nowhere, like, what are you doing here? Sure enough, she had a little baby bump, and uh, apparently it was mine. So I, uh, you know, I did my best to get back with her. You know, we, I was with her for the rest of the pregnancy. I mean, I lived in Oklahoma City at the time. I think she lived in Wichita Falls at the time. So yeah, it, was, it wasn't the easiest thing. It was a two and a half hour between us. But, you know, I ended up moving to Wichita Falls to be closer to her. And it just, you know, I did what I could. I was a mess at that point. I was a scared to death um, of of this whole situation. I wish it, honestly, I, I can't say I wish it never happened. Because, uh, you know, I'd hate to take a life from the planet that belongs here. But, you know, for my selfish sake, I, you know, I wish it never happened. It just, nothing good came of it except for, you know, them they get to have their their time together but anyway um nothing good came out of it for me i'll say uh and i know that's selfish but you know we're all selfish anyway um so you know we got back together and everything was okay for a while and and she ended up uh banging a cop like cheating on me with a cop which was really rough for me because i was just some pro wrestling guy who was barely making you know money to cover whatever tiny bills I had at the time. I was kind of hopping from house to house. It was a rough time. And, uh, yeah, so we break up. And then apparently when I signed the divorce, somehow they snuck in there where I signed the rights away to my daughter, which I would have never done. Never, never, never done. I signed some things that said I had to sign them so she can get government assistance or something like that. I didn't have a lawyer. I was dumb. I was like in my 20s, and every guy in their 20s is dumb. Yes, even you, if you're in your 20s, you're dumb. And you won't realize that until you're in your 30s and 40s, trust me, but you're dumb. Um, so yeah, I uh, inadvertently done that. And the funny thing is we were still together at that point. I remember when we signed the divorce, it was just made mainly just so she can get, because I was still two and a half hours away. I couldn't be there all the time. I couldn't take care of her. I wasn't making money myself. It sucked. So she could get more help, you know, government assistance and stuff like that if she was divorced and, you know, single mom, whatever. And I was still doing what I could. I was still there as much as I could be. And like I said, I eventually I moved down, but it was just, uh, it was a rough, I made all the wrong decisions. I'll always regret it. Um, baby was born and, uh, you know, I remember I carried the, you know, the, the car seat into the lawyer's office and just, uh. Sign those papers. It was like literally a, a not even a five minute deal. Sign here, sign here, initial here, initial here, initial here, sign here, done, date here, whatever. And I remember I carried my daughter out of that, you know, that legal building or the lawyer's office. Little did I know, you know, a year later when we officially break up and she starts banging this cop guy who she eventually married because she's a leech. Um, oh yeah, she she leached onto me because I was in the army at the time. And then you know when I got out and I wanted to be in. <laughs> a pro wrestler for some reason, you know, she leached onto a, to a cop. So it, I, I understand it. She's a leech. She had, she had no discernible talents of her own. No, uh, I think she worked at Denny's like most of her life and nothing against people that work at Denny's, but it's not a life career. You know, it's, that's all she ever did was work at Denny's. She lied to me about having cancer for three years, almost got me kicked out of the army for that. So yeah, that might be a different story. I don't know. This is, this is not about her by any means. She doesn't deserve the attention. But anyways, um, when we broke up, I started talking, okay, well, what's our, you know, visitation schedule? I was already living in Wichita Falls at that point. And that's when I found out I signed my rights away and had no effing idea. It was a little trick between her, 
her stupid dad and her freaking lawyer. And I hope they all die soon. I mean that. There's, <laughs> I won't say her because, you know, the daughter deserves whatever. I'm sure they have a great relationship. But, you know, the, the dad, he needs to die. Hopefully he's already dead. I haven't followed him. I haven't snooped on anybody. But hopefully the lawyer's dead too. But um, <laughs> and this is not meant to be a negative thing. But this is just my, you know, personal battles with depression that I've had over the years. And like I said, I'm not a depressed person. I'm not clinically depressed. I'm not on medications for depression or any of that stuff. It's just um, th- these these are the instances that I've, you know, you couldn't describe it as anything else but depression. So anyways, I lost my daughter at that point. The last time I ever saw her in person was in the parking lot of a McDonald's when I was actually on a date. <laughs> I was like, I ain't freaking waiting. This is, you know, five months later, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to go on a date. And then, yeah, I took a girl to McDonald's. Actually, I think I was just meeting her at McDonald's. And I'm in the parking lot. And, you know, my, it was just like in a movie. My daughter's crying her eyes out, reaching for me. And uh, staring out the back window as she pulled away. That's the last time I ever saw her. And I don't honestly call her my daughter because I've had no part in her life since she was, what, three and a half years old. And that was in, that was well over a decade and a half ago. So, yeah, something I'll never forget. And that evening, after making obsessive phone calls and trying to fix this and trying to figure out what's going on, I um, went home and um, basically tried to kill myself that time. And that's the only time I've ever even thought of it. I've never... We never really thought of... um, you know, ending my life. I've always enjoyed life. I, I, I've built this life as a, as a vehicle to enjoy it. I don't want to die with regrets, but I'll always have this one. So what I did was, um, I had a bunch of medication. Like some of this stuff was so old. It was like leftover from the army, which at that point I'd been out of the army for like a year and a half. (laughs) And I just had like all of this stuff, man. And I got stuff from other people and I took every single pill I had in there and I thought, okay, that's just going to make me fall asleep and not wake up. I, um, downed it all. I think I downed it with a, like sunny delight. I remember that because of something I'll tell you about in a minute, which is gross. But, um, I just remember laying on this big ass couch I had in this shitty little old duplex apartment. I said, this is where they'll find me. That's fine. That's fine. I'm good with this. I thought at that point I'd done everything I wanted to do in life. And, you know, if I can't fight this thing, then, you know, I'll, I'll show her. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, um, so I did fall asleep, I believe. This, everything's a haze from this point. And then I woke up just completely covered in orange vomit. And, like, you could see all the pills in there. It was just, I must have taken, like, 40 pills. And uh, I remember just feeling terrible, and I woke up, I threw up again, like literally all over the place. And uh, I couldn't really move my arms, I couldn't get up off the couch, I was just heavily sedated. I remember there was sedatives in there, and whatever, it was a cocktail of just whatever the hell I had. And I, um, I feel like I'm in like a church or something, like in a confession booth right now. I've never been in church or a confession booth, but I imagine this is what it would feel like. So anyways, uh, don't give me Hail Marys or anything. I don't need that shit. I, I recovered. I'm fine. But this is just, uh, 
I'm writing a book anyways to hand down to my kid and you know, this is in there, so I might as well share it with the world. Um, so it didn't work. And I had a little gun, like this little five shooter gun. I think it says Lady Rose on it. I think I actually got it from Dan. Uh, I almost said her name. I think I actually got it from my ex-wife. So I um, opened up the, it was like a little revolver, opened it up and looked in it. And I was so out of it that I held it upside down. All the bullets fell out. I was like, fuck. And I just remember thinking, fuck. I just wanted it to end. Like, I couldn't feel anything as it was. I just had an extremely bad stomach ache and a headache. So I, I'm searching for these fucking bullets that fell in, in between the couch pillows. I'm searching for them. I'm, like, just digging. I remember my hands are, like, like shaking, and they're in between the pillows. And I'm just, I can't find any of them. And I noticed there was one left in the gun. And I closed it, pointed it at my, like, in my temple, my right temple, pulled the trigger twice. It's hard. It was hard to pull this trigger, by the way, and um, nothing. And then I, I couldn't pull it again. I couldn't pull the damn trigger again. And I just put the gun down, and that fell between the seats as well. And then I passed out again. <laughs> and I woke up to a knock at the door, and it was my friend Bo. Um, my friend Bo Rogers. He came over to check on me because I. May have texted him something. I don't remember. I think I texted everybody, and he's the only one that took me, you know, read it for what it was. Um, I think I even texted my mom or something. Just like said, sorry, I'm done, or whatever. I think it was like, goodbye, cruel world. I was quoting Pink Floyd, trying to be all dramatic about it. Anyways, it was Bo, and uh, I didn't answer. I couldn't get off the couch. So Bo goes around to my back door. I'm sorry, my side door. It's like a little side door. goes into the kitchen. Small place, by the way. Um, and it was unlocked. I'd never even, I never went through that door ever. I never unlocked it. I never, I don't know how it was unlocked. Uh, I don't know if he picked the lock or what, but it was unlocked. He came in, saw me covered in vomit with a freaking pistol. And I guess the bullets were in the vomit and everything. And, um, he just got me on my feet, man, took care of me and I uh, got me talking, which was what I needed. I was really alone, and I don't know if any of you have lost a kid, uh, whether to you know death or just these kind of circumstances, but it's, it's the hardest thing you'll ever go through, and hopefully you never have to. It's brutal. It's, it's rough enough now that I'm a half-time dad. I hate it. I fucking hate it. And it might be the reason I bawl my freaking eyes out every time I drop my son off at his mom's house. Not because there's anything wrong with his mom whatsoever. They have a great family thing over there. Um, but... I, I still feel that, you know, seeing that little girl in the back window driving away. And I still feel that every time I watch him walk away. And I know she would never, you know, do that to me, ever. She's not a piece of shit like my ex-wife was, but I, uh, I, it's still there. I still feel it. I can still see it. Every single time, every week when I drop him off. So yeah, that's, you know, that was my main battle with depression. And then there's hundreds of other examples I could probably give you, whether it's things like, you know, why the fuck don't a million people have a side TV right now? It's been five years. Why don't, you know, 10,000 people have a side TV right now? It's ridiculous with what we have to offer. You know, I bust my ass. This is my other baby. This is my business baby. This is my passion, my drive, my everything. I put into it. I put it out there. I do my best. I spend every minute, every dime I've got in there, all my energy. And you 
yeah, you listening to this right now can't afford $2.99 a month to support what I've been doing and enjoy the products that we've been putting out and the programming that we've been putting out, it pisses me off. It really does. It pisses me off. I'm doing things that nobody in this fucking country are doing. I'm doing things right now that nobody can do. And I can't get support from my back. I got 5,000 probably good friends. I can't get at least them to support me and pass the word. Are you that fucking lazy? That's, you know, that's the kind of shit that depresses me nowadays when I'm struggling to pay bills, but, you know, sitting on a gold mine, I just need it. I've been told by people, my friend Trevor that works for Turner said, Hey man, you're sitting on a gold mine. You just got to find the shovel. Where's the fucking shovel. I should be able to rely on you. The person listening to this right now, if you haven't subscribed right now, we've got some good, we got a great amount of subscribers. Absolutely. We do. But I know there's so many more people out there that I would do anything for, and you can't afford $2.99. You know, when I release my album here, not my, not my album, but the next One-Eyed Buffalo album, you know, Dave passed away. It's just me and him doing this stuff for 21 years. That's a whole other depression right there is, you know, losing my best friend, not being able to write music with him anymore, not being able to call him up and see how he's doing but that's stuff everybody goes through. You know, when you, there's depression, like, you know, when you like somebody and you give them this and you give them that and you include them in everything you're doing, you put work into them, you put time and money into them and you, cause you trust them and you really like them and you hope it goes somewhere. And then they're like, yeah, I'm fine. I just don't feel intimate anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, tell me why. That's the cop-out bullshit answer everywhere. You know, and here's the thing. I don't even want a relationship or anything like that. But sometimes you open up the heart just a little bit and they're like, eh. So ant right back at you. <laughs> then there's depression. You know, my mom lives in Detroit. I live in Colorado Springs. I don't, I see her maybe what? 15 days a year, you know, give or take a day. But we talk every single day, sometimes two, three times a day. I would love to just drive over to my mom's house and go out and have lunch every other day or something, you know? I mean, but this road that I've traveled has just left me here. Now my son's here and, you know, then I drop him off and watch him walk away. I'd love to take my son to lunch right now or dinner or whatever time it is but I can't because I have to share him. <laughs> but I got a great life. I really do. And I don't want you to think that I don't. And I don't want you know anybody worried about me by any means. I mean, maybe back in the day, you should have been a little worried, but you weren't because you didn't know because I kind of hid it from everybody. But yeah, it's just, I, I feel bad for those that have it worse. Like I said, my friend earlier, she's, getting her ass beat by some guy that she fell in love with right in front of her kids. And that's the kind of guy she falls for. Stupid. I'm not saying she's stupid. I'm saying the whole situation is just fucking stupid. I want her to be loved and taken care of. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but, you know, I want you, whoever's listening here, to be happy. And you'll be happier if you fucking get a side TV. ASYTV.com. It's $2.99 a month. What's wrong with you? 
but I got a great life, man. My son's amazing. My mom's amazing. We're all, you know, not together, but we're together. We're alive. We're kicking. We're trying. I got hundreds and hundreds and thousands of friends around the country, around the world, really, that give a shit. I have nothing to complain about. I really don't. And I don't know anything about clinical, medical depression. I don't know anything about it. I hope I never do. I hope they figure out something, how to rewire people's brains and get them in harmony and get them in unison with uh, the frequencies they need to be at. You know what's depressing is this fucking show today. You know, <laughs> I don't have the normal energy I do. Like I said, I'm exhausted from the road. I've been editing like crazy ever since. No bulletproof coffee. I think it's a lesson learned. It's too, it's too late to go back now. I'm not going to erase everything and be like, Let's try again tomorrow because I think we've said enough. I think the meat is good. I think talking about depression is how you deal with depression. And like I said, I'm not depressed. Right now, I'm, I'm, I am depressed right now. I want my kid here. I want my mom here. I want to have 10,000 subscribers. I want to sell a bunch of records. I want to sell a ton of my kid and I's book. I, wanna, I, I, and I don't see why not because it's all quality stuff that I'm putting out there. It's all good. I just have to figure out how to make you know believe that enough to just partake so anyways you want to make me happy pull out your goddamn wallet right now get out your credit card go to asytv.com subscribe and enjoy everything we got there man we've got so many brand new shows old shows just all original stuff that came from either my cameras or people that i know it's all sitting there waiting for you to enjoy. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you got the rest. Just get a side TV and make me super happy. If 10,000 of you do that, I ain't got nothing else to bitch about because I'll bring my mom here and, <laughs> and then we'll do a podcast together and there'll be nothing depressing about that whatsoever. Now it's time for the happy ending. So there's nothing at all depressing about Carrie Greenaway and that voice. God, I love British accents. Well, anyways, thank you so much for listening to the Brandon Bishop podcast. I'll be back next week with a full glass, maybe two, maybe a double shot of Bulletproof Coffee in my gullet, down in my stomach, permeating my veins and nerves, and uh, I'll have a lot more energy, and uh, this will be a much better podcast. But I mean, come on, the meat of this thing was depression. There's kind of an overlying gray cloud to the whole episode. And uh, there's some things I wanted to get out. I've been thinking about it all week. I've been thinking about other people's stories and um, just kind of had to get out. You, you know, you can't hit a home run every single time. And maybe this was a home run. But, you know, at the same time, you, they can't all be, like I said, sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns. Sometimes you got to get in the mud and, uh, and get a little dirty. But you can always wash your clothes later. Thank you so much for listening to the Brandon Bishop Podcast. I'll see you next week.